Hello, this is Coach Tim Campbell, and I'm your host for the Self Made is Myth Make a Difference Together show, where we are talking with successful business owners to hear their story of the journey to building their business. And because we know that running a successful business and achieving success in business is not something that we can do on our own, we're taking time out to recognize the folks that have helped us along that journey. I'm excited to have a fellow business owner with us today from Indiana. My guest has a combination of a passion and perseverance, which has served him extremely well in business. He enjoys spending time at the lake with his friends and family, and he's proud of the business he's created that's allowed him to walk away from a paying job. It's my pleasure <laughs> to welcome Don to the show today. Hello, Don. I like that. Thanks for the introduction. Love it. That's awesome. awesome. Well, hey, let's have you uh, continue with that uh, intro. Tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. Um, introduce yourself. Tell us about yourself, your personal story, maybe, you know, where you were born, where you live, a little bit about your family. Sure. You know, you you gave me the best introduction, right? So my <laughs> name's Don. I'm uh, the founder of IVF Cryo and CEO. I grew up like you in Indiana, um, or at least you're in Indiana. Um, I grew up in a place called Anderson, Indiana, a little north of Indianapolis, well known for automotive parts and things like that um, until the industry kind of shut down and went away. But, uh, you know, that's what Anderson was, was a, was a factory, automotive uh, factory part. So grew up there after high school, I actually joined the uh, army um, and went in as a medic and served almost four years in uh, Hohenfels, Germany, largest training facility in uh, Germany. And so anyone going down, um, you know, downfield to the, um, uh, they'll always get trained in Hohenfels, Germany. And so that was pretty exciting uh, to be a medic there. Lots of training accidents and uh, things going on there. Um, and then I came back to Indiana, of course, came back to Indiana, Indianapolis area. And then I went to school at Indiana University, Purdue University in Indianapolis. So that was great for me. Shortly, you know, I graduated with a bachelor's of science degree in biology. Shortly after that, I started working for Indiana University and started my biobanking um, journey and career. Um, that took me to California for about 10 years, but now I'm back in Indiana running IVF cryo and having a great time. Fantastic. Awesome. So you mentioned earlier, or I mentioned in your intro that you like spending time with uh, family. So tell us about your family. Yeah, well, you know, my dad's gone. He passed in 2006, uh, but we were extremely close the whole time. And we'll, I got a feeling we're going to talk a little bit about that today during the, during the show here. And, uh, you know, my mom had since moved down to Arkansas with her um, brothers and sisters. You know, they're all living down there, but I still have family here. You know, my brother is here. Um, my friends are here that, that I grew up with. And so, you know, just like I said, on the weekends, we're either at a campfire or on the lake, you know, just kind of trying to find that time outside of business to relax our minds for a little bit. Fantastic. So um, is there a funny story, Don, that your friends like to, your friends or family like to tell about you that you'd be willing to share with us today? And you know what? I, my funny story is that I don't have a funny story. I don't know. Is that weird? Is it weird? I'm sure there are funny stories about me out there. I don't yeah. know that I should share those. I don't know. Oh. So what's going to happen is when people, <laughs> when people hear this, they're going to tell us about the stories in the comments. So that'll... I think that'll, that's even better. <laughs> Come in, publish in the comments, tell your funny stories about me. <laughs> there we and go. All right. So Don, tell us how the business came about and at what point did you have the confidence that you could run your own business? Well, the business came about, I was already working in the industry. And so I feel like after 10 years of working in the industry and, you know, I was mentored by some of the legends in the industry, um, Cappy Rothman, um, Charles, um, 
Oh, shoot. <laughs> I'll remember those names in a minute here, but you know, I was, you know, there's some legends in the industry that really mentored me throughout. Um, and so I felt pretty comfortable um, that I had all the knowledge. And then, you know, I, I've been around where we acquired companies and started companies and launched new products. So I felt like I could always run a business. Um, and when I was a kid, my dad actually ran a landscaping business. And so oh, yeah. if you ever want to know how to run a business, if your parents run a business, um, that certainly helps you out through, uh, it really does. Yes. Um, and IVF cryo, it's actually, uh, what I think is a great story is that we came about as a necessity for the industry. Um, IVF cryo entered the market as a consulting, uh, firm, um, uh, to help mitigate the risk of specimen loss. And so at the time in 2017, 2018, there was some wide media coverage of uh, cryogenic tank failures that had embryos and oocytes and semen in them and other reproductive tissue that were all lost or damaged due to failures. And it had actually happened at multiple sites um, in very close proximity and timing, you know, over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And so it's one of the things that I, I was in the industry with. And, you know, there weren't a lot of experts going around that could help with this. So IVF Cryo entered the market right then. Uh, we were already thinking about entering the market. And so we launched uh, initially as a consulting firm just to help, uh, you know, mitigate that risk and help all the fertility industry learn what they can do to help uh, prevent these things from happening. And as, you know, as luck would have it, as we're going through and auditing these uh, fertility clinics, we actually found that there was a greater need than just consulting, that they actually needed much more services um, for, for the industry to provide to help mitigate the risk. And so since then, we've launched shipping services, we've launched lab cryogenic move services, we've launched, you know, consulting, offsite storage. Um, and so all of those are really based around risk mitigation and preventing specimen loss. Awesome. So for those uh, listening who don't understand the industry, tell us a little bit more about uh, about your company and what you guys do. Oh, so IVF Cryo, um, again, our focus is risk mitigation, but uh, we are a cryogenic solutions company that's specific to the fertility uh, industry. And what that means is that the way um, specimens are kept forever is that they're frozen and either they're vitrified, which means that they're frozen really quickly and really cold, um, but basically they're stored in liquid nitrogen um, until they're time to be used. And so what we do as a cryogenic company is we can sell you the proper equipment and help design the proper equipment for it to be stored in. Um, another thing that we do is help transfer that tissue from one clinic to another very safely with GPS and temperature monitoring and all these cool little features um, so that the client themselves can see that happening. Um, and then we'll also do large lab cryogenic moves as all as fertility becomes much more commonplace. Um, you have to open up new facilities and they have to be, you know, these stellar, you know, world-class uh, biobanks, fertility clinics, and then you need to move your tissue from one place to another. And so IVF cryo helps move all of that cryogenic material from one place to another, to the other lab, um, extremely safely. And the last thing that we do is uh, we help clinics and fertility uh, clinics and everyone in the industry mitigate the risk for what they're doing internally, cryogenically with best practices. Wow. Who would, who, I guess we would have, should have thought it, but it's not something that's top of mind for most of us. But there's, <laughs> there's quite a lot that goes on behind the scenes. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. You would think, you know, there's, there's a lot to fertility and then really, you know, making sure that things are safe is a, is a high priority. Yeah. Fantastic. So Don, share us a story where someone pushed you or, or inspired you that you could do it, even maybe when you didn't think that you could and the impact that that person had on you. 
Well, I really like this question. And, you know, it's not, I would say that somebody that pushed me and inspired me throughout my years is we're going to go back to my family. It's always my dad, right? So I was extremely close with my dad um, from him going to baseball games and pushing me through baseball games uh, when things didn't go right, coaching my little league, or, you know, when it came to business, when it was time to run his business, I think he was, you know, a huge influence on my life. In fact, I'll show you a little bit of his story and that, he worked for a factory almost all of his life, grew up in Anderson, worked in Anderson, and then those factories closed down. And so when those factories closed down, all of them closed down. There were no jobs to be found around. And so you have to figure out what are you going to do when that just happens and you have a family, right? Yeah. Um, and so you can go try to find a job, go move. You know, There's a, a ton of options. What he did, I thought was extremely spectacular in that he talked to my mom, he talked to my brother, and he said, I'm going to launch our own business. I'm going to take my pension that we have there. We're all in on this. <laughs> Every bit of money, all in. We're going to launch our own business. And he launched a landscaping business. Um, my mom did all the finances. My brother was the operations director at the time. My dad, you know, oversaw sales. And I, as a younger kid, would just work in the summers doing landscaping, which is the best job in the world. And so I think as a young kid, watching how he did things and how he was tasked with tough situations and how he handled those things, I thought it was both inspiring and, you know, he pushed me as well. Um, and so even though he's no longer with us, um, he's always right there for me. In fact, IVF Cryo is owned by another LLC called IHOF, and it's I-H-O-A-F, and it stands for In Honor of Arthur Fish. And so that just tells me every time I go in the uh, building and I see the IHOF sign, you know, it, it reminds me what I'm doing here and what my purpose is. Oh, wow. What, a, what an incredible legacy to memory, way to honor your dad. That's awesome. Well, thanks. I, I really like it. Again, whenever you can go in the office, um, and have a reminder of what's your reason, what's your why, why are you doing this, and how you should be acting, and how you should carry yourself. That's the way I do. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why, in terms of we all have to have that purpose, that greater reason why we're doing what we're doing. If it's, you know, if it's just based on money, it's easy to get discouraged and, and frustrated and Right, and, and want to give up. But if we've got that bigger reason, that bigger purpose, and it sounds like you certainly do. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for the question. I thought it was a great question. So Don, what's your biggest learning as a business owner? You ever see that show Big Brother? Yeah, you watch Big Brother? Yeah. They always say, expect the unexpected. <laughs> That's my biggest learning is to expect <laughs> the unexpected. We launched in... 2018, but really didn't do business until 2019. And if you know the timeline, COVID happened early in 2019. Um, shortly after that, you know, all the all the ruckus with political uproar. Now we're dealing with inflation. And so that I would say my biggest learning is to expect the unexpected um, and, and know how to pivot. Right. And I think most business owners will say it doesn't matter whether it's COVID. It doesn't matter whether it's the economy. It doesn't matter whether it's inflation. Um, there's always going to be something coming up. Right. And so I'd say the biggest learning that I did is expect that something is going to happen. It's not going to be all smooth for you. Know how to pivot or else you won't survive. Um, and that's just the truth. I, I love your advice on knowing how to pivot. So unfortunately, 
when uh, COVID came about, a lot of business owners kind of just ducked their head in the sand, right? And said, hey, this is going to pass over in a couple of weeks. We'll all be fine. And a couple of weeks turned into a couple of years. And unfortunately, a lot of business owners who didn't pivot, um, you know, are lo no longer around. And on the, on the other side, the positive side of that, there are many who did pivot, right? And they actually came out of COVID significantly stronger than they went in because they just figured it out, right? They're like, like your dad's story, they're like, we, we gotta do something, we're gonna, we're gonna figure this out, right? I'm telling you, and it's not easy, you know, and I have never come down and say that someone didn't do the right thing during COVID because no one could expect that. Yeah, right. But all of the survivors, and I mean all of them, I guarantee you they pivoted in some way and they changed direction and they figured out how they can still do business, um, whether it's doing Zoom meetings online or whether it's opening up a, a fast food lane or whether it's doing delivery or however it was, a lot of people that survived. In fact, I'd say everyone that's still open, you know, pivoted in a big way. They sure did. Yes, it was. a, It was definitely a crazy time. <laughs> I'm not sure it's over. I'm not no, I'm positive well, it's over. Well, to your point, there's there's just going to be the next thing, right? Whatever that whatever that ends up being. <laughs> the next thing, right? Now that it's inflation, now it's going to be something. There's always going to be some type of challenge. Expect the unexpected. Be ready to pivot. I mean, it's always in my head. All right, if something comes up, what's the next thing? How do I do that? And so, you know, that's I don't know if that's advice, but that's how we did it. Yeah. That's and, and, and to your point, it's not even like you can plan what the pivot's going to be because you won't know where to pivot until the thing actually <laughs> comes. So you just have to be ready to act quickly. <laughs> exactly. You know, I don't, I was reading, I think I watched some of those uh, TV shows and I'm not sure you can edit if we go over on time, maybe. Um, I watched some of those TV shows about how Budweiser pivoted during the, um, mm. during when they shut all the alcohol down. Right. And so they started making soap or they started doing this. You know, there's a million other things. I'm sure that most people would have thought that they would have had to shut down their business during prohibition, but they found a way. They pivoted and found a way to stay open. Yes, indeed. Don, we know that business success doesn't happen in isolation. So tell us about your biggest business challenge during the years and, and maybe a fellow business owner who came alongside of you and helped you get through that. I'll use COVID as an example. I'm sure that's come up a million times <laughs> for you, and it's no different just since we're on that topic. Yeah. Um, you know, during COVID, we couldn't necessarily talk to people. We had to go to Zoom meetings or, you know, a lot of the businesses shut down or weren't open. Um, and so it was we were in growth phase that year. So we were we had designed things and we were ready to grow. And that requires going to conferences and meeting people. And all of that had stopped. Right. And so as a new business, how do you figure out how to pivot and what to do? And so actually one of my friends uh, called Michael Levin um, owned some businesses in the same arena out in California. And he had actually, you know, had several coaching discussions with me, I think. And, you know, I'm really thankful that for that. And what he had said and the advice he gave me and I followed it was, let's focus, you know, why don't you focus on the things that you can control right now? Let's focus on enhancing the business plan. Let's focus on making sure that all your marketing materials are ready to go. So when we're open, that's ready to go, your brochures. Let's make sure that your website was ready to go um, and, and enhance that. Let's see the things that we can uh, work on. Luckily, we did have business that we could continue on, but there was a lot of things that we could do. You know, really, what COVID did for us was give us a pause and say, let's really solidify our business. So next year, hopefully when this is ready to go, we're in three weeks or two weeks, um, then we're ready to shoot to the stars, right? We're ready for that growth 100%. And that's what we took the time to do. Um, 
there were a million other people that helped me through that same thing. My business partner, Brian Hoff, you know, my brother who was, you know, always there on the phone saying, Hey, what are you doing for COVID? You know, what's happened? How are you going to, and you know, he would help me pivot as well, but um, it's quite a lot of people, but I remember Michael Levin had sit down and coached me and I, you know, spent countless hours in his office going through those things. It, it reminds me of the idea of slow down to speed up. So you, you took a pause, you got some of the things together that you may not have really had the time to do if you were, you know, just running into launch. So that's, that's awesome that you got that advice. Uh, Stephen Covey, he, he has that principle of circle of influence versus circle of concern, right? And we can often get ourselves caught up in the things we can't control. But if we focus on the things that we can control, then our circle of influence actually expands because as we control those things, that there's the, then a multiplier effect of the, the, you know, more things pop up that we can control and, and our circle of influence grows. And you know what? It occupies your brain in a different way. Instead of stressing out on the things that you can't control, which is really just what you just said, um, I was able to focus on, you know, all these great things and be ready to grow. So it really just helped the business in the long run. As you're running and growing a company, you almost never have the time to sit back and say, all right, let's do X, Y, and Z or really think this through again. Um, So it allowed us that time. I don't want another COVID to come. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> we utilize it to the best of our ability, I think. Yes. So for everyone listening, yes, we're not going to ask for another COVID, but maybe the takeaway is slow down, right? Take some time to, to focus on the, the items that you don't usually focus on, right? Get some of the fundamentals in place and, and get yourself prepared for the next level of growth. That's tough, though. You know, it, that's the, probably the toughest thing is that everyone wants to grow so fast. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to do that with maintaining quality. And, you know, you're going and going and going. You know, no one's stopping. So I agree with you. When you get a chance or maybe you make a strategic decision to take a few weeks to do that. In fact, that's something that we've recently done is every year now we try to take a week to at least do a strategic meeting that's several days um, to go through those. That's awesome. I, I, I um, It's mandatory for all of our clients to come together once a quarter for a full day of, of planning the next, the next 90 day plan, right? So that get out of the office, right? Get away from the day to day, commit yourself to that one day of planning so that, you know, you, when the next quarter comes, you're ready to hit the ground running. Love that. You you mentioned mindset too, Don. It's like 90% of whether we're going to be successful is, is based on the messages that we tell ourselves in our head, right? (laughs) Is that right? I guess I tell myself more positive things. Yes, indeed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, right. We all have these lies, right. That I'm not good enough. I can't do it. I'm not capable, right. Mm -hmm. Whatever they are. Right. And so the key is to recognize those and, and write down the opposite in a, in a positive affirming way. Right. I'm not good enough. I'm more than capable. Right. I don't have the knowledge. I, I, I'm ready to take on this. I, or I'm ready to learn. I'm, I, I am learning how to be a better version of myself, whatever that is, because, you know, the law of attraction says that we're going to get whatever we believe, whatever we think in our head. So the more we can cut off the negativity and replace it with positive affirming thoughts, then that's what's, that what's going to end up happening in, in our personal life, as well as in our business. I'm a big believer in that. And let me tell you, those voices are going nonstop. As a business owner or just a person in general, you know, that self-doubt is always in there. You know, what now? Oh, man, there's something else. But you just got to keep positive, right? Keep pushing through no matter what. And hopefully good things happen. Yeah. 
And everything that, generally speaking, everything that we want in life and everything that we want in business is on the other side of our comfort zone. So if we're constantly in this state of, I haven't done it before, then it's natural to have those self-doubts, right? And those questions and those fears. And and so it, it becomes even more important as we're growing something new that we cut those negative thoughts off and replace them with positivity because we can get caught in that spiral of, you know, I'm not good enough or um, the the uh, um, the self doubt and the fears or the imposter syndrome is the word that that is popular yes. now. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Fake it till you make it, right there. Yeah, That's it, right. So, Don, if I ask you to pick three people in your business owner journey that you're most grateful for being there to, as part of your business's growth, who are those three people and how they help you? Oh, that's easy. One, there's about 50 or 60 of those people. But if I have to choose three, it's actually a pretty easy three. One, my brother. Um, my brother has actually been involved with my business since day one. And even before that, you know, we were constantly on the phone talking about what could business look like? What could uh, it happen? And all those voices that you just talked about that are in your head of self-doubt and it's not going to happen. And what do I do now? And what was me? You know, when you have something, someone within your family or anywhere that you can talk to, um, and they always have your back no matter what. And they're always also there to give you a reality check and tell you to it how it is. <laughs> yeah. And you get a little high on the horse. Uh, you know. Uh, um, so I really appreciate my brother, number one. And what's your uh, brother's name? Ed Fish. Okay, awesome. He's a he's our director of operations at the at the at the business now. And um, you know, he's been, like I said, been there since the beginning, doing little things and anything anything that he can. And so that's number one for sure. Number two is my business partner, Brian Hoff. Um, when they tell you to find somebody with a different skill set than you, yes, Brian's a godsend. Um, Brian has a skill set of dealing with finance. Uh, Brian has a skill set of dealing with legal, and Brian has a skill set of doing um, agreements. And so Brian can look at line by line legal agreements for hours at a time, and can look by cell by cell of Excel <laughs> for hours and like for weeks on end, and he's having the best time in the world. And so I'm extremely helpful for Brian, um, or, or thankful for Brian for all the help that he's given for his skill set being completely different what my skill set is. And for just, you know, believing in the company the way that he does, you know, we worked together at California Cryobank for about 10 years. And so, uh, you know, he was doing our finances already with IVF Cryo. And when we discussed and had the opportunity to come on board, he was 100% in and we complement each other so well. Um, and, awesome. and I, love I, I would suspect then that uh, you staring at a legal document for two weeks is not <laughs> something that would uh, make you happy. It makes me so mad. I get so <laughs> angry. I, just, I hate it. I just hate it. <laughs> Who's your last person? Um, my last person is actually our very first employee um, of IBF Cryo. And again, there's probably a million other people, but I want to mention our very first employee, uh, Emmy Karimi. Um, and it's funny, you know, although we hired her to do one job, she's probably doing about 10 other jobs right now. Um, and it's always one that person that's your first very employee is, you know, pretty special um, in the first place. But when you see what they can do, mm-hmm. and it's so more, you know, they, they're such a high performer. They've done so much more than anything that you could ask them to do. Um, and so I'm extremely appreciative of that person. And, you know, it's even the, the one thing I'll say, I joke with her. It's just a little bit annoying that when I, whenever I go to visit clients, they always say, 
Oh, by the way, Emmy's great. I love Emmy. No one ever says, Don, you're great. I really love you. But they say, by the way, Emmy's great. We love her. Every single person. So awesome. Maybe they're telling her the same thing about you. Yeah, I doubt it. It's okay. It's completely fine. I'm fine with it. I've, I've come to terms with right? it. Right? Don, as you think about the next three to five years, what are the biggest challenges you see that you're going to face in in hitting your goals and who are the types of people you're going to need to overcome those? That's such a great question. Again, putting a COVID-like scenario aside, um, you know, I think for us in particular, it's about growth. We've, we've taken that time. We've created the foundation. We believe we have the best products and services out there. We believe that we've distinguished ourselves and that we're extremely unique in our market. And so, um, Launching that growth is, you know, our primary mission, and it's going to be our primary challenge um, and the right people to do that. And I will say even one more thing along with that. It's not just the growth. It's how do you grow without compromising the quality? So we can grow extremely fast. We touched on that a minute ago. But how do we do that and still maintain our quality of operations and our customer service? Um, because we're a customer-based company. Um, and the people... Okay. It makes me, that makes me think of, so the difference between growing and scaling, right? So growing can happen and we trip all over ourselves and mess it up. Scaling means that we've got the foundation in place to support that growth. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for chiming in with that. Scaling was probably a better word because when you scale, you're scaling everything, including your quality. And so you're not compromising anything. So I love that term. Um, and then the people we want around us, we've actually gone out and We've hired, well, we didn't hire, but we brought in a team of advisors. And so this has been key for IVF Cryo. We have a lot of people that aren't on, that are not on our advisory board that help us throughout the industry. And I love that about the fertility industry. It's small, it's niche, and everyone knows each other and everyone's willing to help each other. And so um, I can't give enough thank yous out there and name enough people for that. Um, but I would say as we grow, we want those people. And so we went out and we, ha we have a team of advisors, you know, Adrian Alorza, Joel, Joel Reynolds um, is our quality person, um, Cappy Rothman, who ran California Cryobank, and I had mentioned earlier. And by the way, the other owner was Charles Sims. I can't, but he's going to kill me for not remembering his last name, and so is everyone else. Um, well, now, now you recovered, so it's all good. I recovered from it now, right? <laughs> and so, you know, that's how it's scaling. But then how do, the kind of people that we need around us are people that have been in the business, who have been there and done that and can kind of help us and that are willing to do that. And luckily in fertility, there are a lot of good people that are willing to help us. That's awesome. Jim Rohn, um, one of my favorite authors, says we become the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. So, Don, as you think about that, what advice would you have for business owners who are trying to do it all on their own? Yeah, one, don't. Don't try to, <laughs> don't try to do it all on your own. Um, I get it, you know, because it's your baby, right? But as soon as you have the ability to bring in other people and get their help, um, definitely try it. Um, Scary part is, is some of those people are probably limiting you, the people around you, and some of the people um, you need to bring in and find new people, right? So we went out and we found a team of advisors that, you know, I wasn't good friends with before this. I reached out to them, told them what we were doing, explained, and they were able to come on to just help us. Um, and we had other people in the industry um, that I wasn't necessarily friends with that are just willing to help us. And once, once you reach out for help, and so one of the things I learned in business that we actually didn't get to because you wanted just one is that you got to be willing to ask for help. And when you are, there are a ton of people there 
willing yes. to help you, but you have to ask for it. Yes. Yes. You've got to make yourself vulnerable, right? Because people aren't wow. going to just give the advice because they don't want to come across as, you know, condescending or interrupting your life. But yes, you're right. As soon as you say, can you help me? People love to feel like they've got the ability to, you know, share their wisdom with others and help others. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, you know, the people around you, I would, I would challenge people to expand their circle and go after, go talk to industry experts that are in your industry, um, get their opinions, you know, let them, you know, get their advice, tell them what you're trying to do, get their advice. A lot of people will give free advice. And so uh, take it. <laughs> take, take good free advice. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Last question here, Don. If there was something catastrophic that happened in the business, who's the first person you'd call and what would you want from them? Well, I've already answered this question. If you, you hear the same names throughout this, so it's going to be my brother. <laughs> it's going to be Ed, Ed Fish. Um, he's the person, you know, whenever anything happens, I call and complain to him. Um, and he tells me. <laughs> Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Quit complaining. Get up and uh, and do something about it. Um, and so that's really, really our relationship. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and do you give it back to him as well? Uh, I try. <laughs> yes. The answer is yes. If he were here, he would say yes, definitely. Absolutely. 100% over. Awesome. Don, you've been blessed with some incredible people who have helped you on your journey. If they were all here on the show today, what would you want to say to them? Well, hopefully I say this to them all the time, but, you know, every one of you that I've mentioned and a million people that I haven't mentioned here in the show, and I mean a million people probably, um, they're helping my dreams come true. So thank you very much. I think I say that quite often. I think it's not something that new that they're hearing, but, you know, everyone, you know, that we've mentioned, they're helping my dreams come true, my dreams to own a business, my dreams for a better life. And so I'm really appreciative of everybody out there. I love it. Don, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on today. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. I appreciate it, Tim. To everyone who tuned in, thanks for listening to the Self-Made is a Myth show with your host, Coach Tim Campbell. Be sure to help us spread this movement by liking the show and posting it on your social media channels. And to join our movement, go to BeMadTogether.com. All right, folks, that's a wrap. Make sure to pay it forward, and we'll see you all next time. Take care.